This is episode 53 of the Prepper Website Podcast. Today's articles are, What I Wish I Knew Before I Started Homesteading, Is CCW Insurance Worth It? And because today is Wednesday, we have an interview with Daisy Luther of The Organic Prepper. Hey, my name is Todd Sepulveda. I'm the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily aggregator of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. So let's go ahead and get started. Our first article comes to us from Becca at The Well-Prepared Mama. She recently made the move from uh, you, you know, living on, living on property or renting property and moving from that to purchasing a homestead. And usually that's the big dream of a lot of people out there is having some property where you can have some animals, some livestock, you know, have, have big gardens, do all that kind of stuff, live as, as uh, self-reliant as possible and, um, you know, be prepared as possible out there. So I think it's always uh, valuable when we read, you know, someone's take on the move from, you know, regular city life or living, you know, renting to going out to the homestead. So let's go ahead and start reading this one. Why I wish I knew, what I wish I knew before I started homesteading. What I wish I knew before I started homesteading definitely isn't all cute and sweet, but it is all worth it and I wouldn't change it for the world. When we were living on a half an acre of rented property in town, all I thought about was homesteading on acres upon acres of property in the country. I spent most of my time learning all I could about growing a vegetable garden, growing herbs, preserving our own harvest, raising baby chicks, and how we could live our lives as simply as possible. Fast forward a few years and we are now living the dream that we've always had, but there are a few things that I wish I would have known before we got here. Homesteading isn't easy. In fact, it's one of the hardest things I have ever done in my lifetime. My day starts before the sun is even thinking about shining and I go non-stop from the time I get up until my head hits the pillow late at night. Trust me, I am not complaining. For a girl who used to have the worst sleeping schedule known to man, moving to the homestead has definitely been the cure for that. It's really hard to stay up all hours of the night when you've been busy tending to baby chicks, kittens, six kiddos, tending to your vegetable garden, and moving brush all day and that really is just a small portion of what gets done around here. I have to tell you, I'd be lost without my hubby and six kids to help. None of this would even be possible. Living simply doesn't necessarily mean simple. If you are thinking about moving to the country and starting your own homestead, be prepared to run into a few difficulties along the way, especially if you are coming from a bigger town or city. We were not prepared for how far away everything was going to be. Gone are the days of jumping in the car and being at the grocery store or Walmart in about two minutes. When we lived in town, both were in walking distance of our home and we were able to run and get whatever we needed quickly. Now it takes a good hour to run to town, get what we need, and run home. And if you forget something, now you can add another hour to your day. We learned very quickly that in order to save us all the wasted time and gas, we made lists of what we needed for the week and we only run into town two days a week unless we absolutely have no other choice. It may not be simple, but it will teach you time management skills pretty quickly. There's going to be a lot of disappointing days. It really is just par for the course when you decide to buy a homestead and dive in head first. Things are not going to go as planned and you are going to have to learn to make sacrifices. When we bought our homestead, we came here with big plans that we were hoping to start on our first year here. 
It took all of five seconds for us to realize that many of those plans would be put on hold for an indefinite period of time. It was disappointing when we realized that we weren't going to be able to finish off the attic for the kids as soon as we had hoped and that instead those funds would have to go towards paying for a hotel room for a week due to no electricity at our home. Which wouldn't have been a huge deal except without electricity we couldn't build our bathroom and we didn't know where we could haul water from yet. Having a huge garden our first year was also out of the planning books. We had to downsize to just three garden beds due to how much work has to be done in the yard and there just wouldn't be as much time to put on a garden as we needed. Weekdays and weekends are irrelevant. When I worked full time, I used to look forward to Friday. It was payday and I got to spend the entire weekend with my family doing nothing or hiking through our state parks. But on the homestead, there is no such thing as a day off. Every human and animal under my protection needs to be fed and cared for multiple times a day. And then there is grass to be mowed, weeds to be pulled, dead trees to be cut and hauled, tree piles to be burned, firewood to be cut, water to be hauled, meals to be cooked, and a complete home reno on virtually no budget to be worked on. Homesteading is expensive. This is probably one area I was at least a little prepared for before we got here. But there were still things popping up that we didn't expect right away. We didn't budget for broken chainsaw blades, a tractor, kerosene, extra gas for running into town, doing laundry at the laundromat, a hotel stay for a week, extra extension cords, and a whole bunch more that I won't bother you with. Homesteading is extremely rewarding. When it's early morning and you are uh, slipping your, sipping your coffee, contemplating over what project you should tackle for the day, you realize that all of this is yours and that you can do it at the pace that is comfortable for you and your family. There is no timeline and you are on no one's clock. It's all about you and your family and what you are trying to build together. At the end of the night, after the mess is cleaned up, the kiddos are bathed and tucked into bed, your older children are reading a book or watching a movie, and you are relaxing on the porch with your one and only, you can take a deep breath and be at peace knowing you made it through another day. Last but not least, homesteading will teach you to have faith. I've said from the very beginning of this journey that I felt the Lord's hand in all that we were doing. I may not have understood what was happening at the time, and honestly, I still have days like that, but I trust that whatever is happening, God is right there with us and helping us through it all. Nothing has gone as planned, and we've run into more roadblocks and disappointments than we'd care to count, but we have been blessed beyond measure, and we are thankful every day for what has been provided for us. It is our faith that has continued to carry us through despite the disappointments we have faced. We believe that everything will work out according to His plan, and as a result, we can't give up. But we must push forward and continue on the path that we've been praying for for so very long. So there's a couple of pictures there that you can go and check out of their homestead and clearing brush and home repairs and uh, working on the new uh, garden beds. And like always, all these articles have other links that you can go click on and uh, learn and get some information there. But hey, I applaud Becca and her family for going out and and starting to live that dream. I mean, a lot of people have that dream and just can't make it happen. They were in a situation where they were able to make that happen. It's one of the things that I talk about in the financial finance section of uh, the e-course that you get when you subscribe to the email list. And uh, I know some of y'all are getting to that here real soon. But if you haven't done it, 
Uh, I welcome you to come join the email list. There's a lot of advantages to it, but uh, you also get registered automatically for a free e-course, and you get uh, for five weeks you will get one email in your inbox, and uh, that covers one of the area or one area of self-reliance. It doesn't cover everything, but it is uh, a lot better than some of the other e-courses that I've seen or seen or email courses. Um, it's you know it's I put a lot of time and effort into it with some links and, and things like that. So uh, come be a part of that email group and then also get enrolled in that e-course. Uh, but something something good there. So again, I applaud Becca for what she's doing there and uh, living that dream and building something with her family. That's got to be really really great. Well, because it's Wednesday, we normally have a interview, and this Wednesday is no different. I was able to send the questions, in, and if you're new to the Prepper Website podcast, because this is an audible version, I do this at night. I don't have uh, I don't have the the opportunity to interview people, you know, over the internet or anything like that. So what I do is I normally send out. Uh, written questions, they write them out, they send them back to me. If for some reason they have the ability to record their answers, they normally will record them and send them to me. And so that's always kind of cool too. But uh, we do have this interview. She's written it out. And uh, I'm looking forward to this. A lot of good information. Daisy does a great job over at the Organic Prepper. And she has a lot of good information for us here too. So let's go ahead and start with this interview with Daisy Luther of The Organic Prepper. All right, so first question. Tell us a little about yourself and your preparedness. Please include why you started prepping. Well, thank you for inviting me to talk with you. I began prepping before I even knew it was called prepping. When my oldest daughter was a newborn, my husband lost his job. We were flat broke. We had no food, no money for diapers. It was terrible, especially with our new responsibility. I picked up a book called The Tight Wad Gazette at a library cell for a dollar or so, and it completely changed my life. I began to embrace frugality and to build a pantry so that we never again faced the uncertainty of wondering how we would feed our daughter. Since then, of course, I've added many other dimensions to my preparedness, but financial disaster was the spark that started it all. What are your main preparedness concerns? What are you preparing for? I'm preparing for life. Nothing is certain these days. We can't be assured that the food we buy is safe and healthy. We can't be assured that our jobs will be there tomorrow. We can't even be assured that we'll flip a switch and have lights tomorrow. I want to be sure that my family is safe, comfortable, fed, and healthy. Because of this, I have put in place many general preparedness measures, and I also focus on self-reliance and frugality. I'm just planting my first city garden and figuring out where to put my chickens in order to be as self-sufficient as possible. I think that no matter where we are, we need to check our reliance on others, including the grocery store and the government. When you are prepared for financial downturns and power outages, it only takes a few specific additions to be ready for other types of emergencies. Has your preparedness changed over the years and why? Very much so. Formerly, my plan was living as far out in the boondocks as I could get internet away from others. I felt that would be the safest plan. However, during the first session of a prepping intensive course that I teach with Lisa Bedford, the survival mom, two interviews completely changed my perspective. Both Selco and Furfall, all guest instructors who have been through the epic disasters we are all preparing for, and because they've lived through this, it isn't just theory. Both of, the, 
the instructors emphasize that it is your community, your neighbors, the people within walking distance that will be there, for better or worse, when it all goes downhill. They said that the people who farmed independently, independently out in the country were raided. The women were raped. The men were killed. However, those in small communities survived by banding together. Because of this, when my daughter was accepted to a school in a small city across the country, I decided that it was time as a single mom with a small family for us to take our preps in a different and hopefully safer direction. We all need to remember not everyone has a military unit as their prep group. Most of us will be working to get by with our more down-to-earth skills like gardening, building, repairing, etc. Living in a community will, for many of us, be much safer than being so far out that we have no one to help if something terrible happens. Tell us about your book. What is it about and why did you decide to write it? I have three books currently and they were inspired by breaking things down into smaller pieces. Instead of a big general preparing, prepping book, I have one about pantries, one about water, and one about canning. A lot can be missed in a broad overview, which is why I prefer to look at things in more detail. My books are all available on Amazon. They are the Pantry Primer, the Prepper's Water Survival Guide, and the Prepper's Canning Guide. What feedback have you received from your book that is the most surprising to you? It's interesting. Some people like the friendly approach with more down-to-earth advice, and others are actually bothered by it. There was some criticism about the water book because I spent a great deal of time discussing the conservation of water. As I can attest by having lived without running water for stretches, when you have to haul it and purify it, every single drop is precious, and you are going to absolutely want to use it wisely. Being prepared isn't always about the fanciest equipment or tactical strategies. A lot of times it is just about being a good steward of your resources. What part of your book would you like to make sure that readers pay careful attention to? The health and safety aspects. With all things prepping, there are some special concerns. You want to make sure the food and water you are relying on is as safe and healthy as possible. Because of this, you should always follow scrupulous home preservation and repackaging methods, and your water purification methods should be beyond question. Remember that you could be relying on these things during times that doctors and hospitals are not accessible. Could you paste in a paragraph from your book that gives a good feel for what readers will experience? And this is from the Pantry Primer. To be able to afford large purchases when you are on a regular week-to-week -week budget, you have to figure out a strategy. For me, the best way to save up for bigger purchases is to skip a week of shopping and then add the budget of the two weeks together in order to make some bulk purchases that I ordinarily couldn't swing alongside a week of regular grocery shopping. Other strategies could include selling something in order to come up with a lump sum of money, using coupons to build a pantry, taking a part-time job, canceling something that you make monthly payments on, and putting every dime of that money towards your stockpile, like cable and cell phones, etc. What else would you want preppers to know about your books? I'm on a budget too. All of my books are written with that in mind. If I can get well prepped on a single mom with kids and college budget, I can help you get prepped, even if you think you don't have enough money to do so. I want to make it less overwhelming to get prepared. Tell us about your website. My primary website is theorganicprepper.ca. I started it back when I still lived in Canada. I used to work in alternative media, so many of my articles closely relate to current events like economic crashes in other countries. We can learn a lot from that geopolitical tensions, viruses with pandemic potential, etc. 
I write a lot about frugality and about free, inexpensive ways to become more prepared. Do you have any upcoming projects that listeners might be interested in? Yes, definitely. Along with Lisa Bedford, the survival mom, I own a preparedness school called Preppers University. We have several courses running, but the one that will get you going the fastest is our eight-week prepping intensive. It includes reams of written information in downloadable formats, more than 20 live webinars, Q&As with your favorite preparedness experts, and step-by-step instructions to help you get prepped fast. You can find more information here. PreppersUniversity.com. Welcome to the Prepping Intensive. I'll link to that uh, that uh, website and a lot of her books. I'm going to link to a lot of the things in the show notes, episode 53. So definitely come and check that out. And uh, so continuing on. And if you are more advanced and are looking for a long-term strategy, long-term strategies, we have a class for you too. PreppersUniversity.com Advanced Prepping Intensive. Our upcoming session begins on May 14th, and this will be the lowest price the courses are ever offered. At this session, the price will be increasing quite a lot due to our increased expenses in bringing you the most knowledgeable experts in the most professional manner possible. Will you give us two to three examples of your work that you like to share with our listeners? So Daisy sent over about four links, and uh, the title of the articles are How to Survive World War III Prepping for an Offshore Conflict. Three cheapskates, the, the Cheapskates Guide to Living Beneath Your Means, Why Low-Tech Prepping is better a Better Option for a Long-Term Grid-Down Scenario, and It's Not Doom and Gloom, Preparedness is the Ultimate Act of Optimism. I'm going to go ahead and link to all of those on the show notes, or episode 53, so if you come, it'll just make it really easy for you. What would you like to say to the Prepper Website Podcast listeners? Prepare in the spirit of optimism. Enjoy your lives. Don't live in fear or with a sense of doom. The reason we prep is because we intend to survive. This should be a joyful act instead of a grim requirement. We're not prepared because we worry. We, we're prepared so we don't have to worry. Where can you find your links, social media, etc.? You can find uh, Daisy on Facebook at uh, The Organic Prepper. You can find her on Twitter at Daisy Luther. Uh, Pinterest, Daisy Luther, and then Instagram, Daisy Luther. But she left a little note here. Honestly, this is mostly pictures of my dogs. So lots of ways to connect with Daisy there and definitely going to her website. A lot of good information there. Like I said, I'm going to link to all the the links that she's talked about, her books. I'm I'm linking to Amazon. Um, If you do purchase a book from there, it does help me out. I do get a little uh, percentage from that. But then uh, linking to all the articles that she sent over, and then uh, I'll link to the Preppers University so you can go check that out if you want to be a part of that and, and get involved with that. I do want to just highlight the thing that she said about being out in the boondocks. Um, you know, I've heard Furfall talk about that for a long time, and Selco as well, and uh, I have talked about that before in the past. So that is something to consider when, if you are in a situation where there is a collapse. You do the everyone the preppers who are going to you know board up their home and are going to stay there until everything calms down. I think that's the the wrong way to approach it. If um, 
if you are in that situation and you are in a neighborhood, what you want to do, what I would do if I if I don't get to make it to my parents' property out in the country, uh, what we're going to do, what I would be doing is just getting everybody in my neighborhood together and mustering them together and coming up with plans to uh, take care of things. So for security, uh, finding out who people are, uh, going into depth. Uh, depth with them like hey what do you do are there doctors are there nurses are there people who garden that kind of stuff telling people that they need to start tearing up their front yards and and you know some people in a neighborhood where people value their front yards and you know they're always you know putting you know uh, they're always watering it and spending resources on it and then saying hey you need to tear it up because you need to start gardening I mean that's going to be very very hard for them to take so uh, trying to muster people together and trying to give information, I mean, that's what I'm going to be doing. And so I know a lot of people, there's a lot of different views out there in the preparedness community. you got to think about what you're going to be doing. But I like that Daisy has come to that realization that uh, as a single mom that she doesn't need to be out. Because I know at one point she was out there, um, you know, she was out homesteading and, uh, she, you know, she was uh, had some property. So, yeah, that does concern you when you're a single mom you have uh you know kids and you're out there by yourself uh so that does that does concern you so lots of good stuff there again thanks daisy for um for doing this interview and doing all the good work that you do out there on uh or at the organic prepper doc or dot ca for canada all right so let's go ahead and move to our last article of the podcast this comes to us from smartpreppergear.com and it's an article that um, I haven't seen too much information on this. And it looks like he's done more than just one article on uh, uh, concealed carry insurance and why you would want to. And so uh, the title of the article is CCW Insurance Worth It? So let's go ahead and read this one here. Is CCW insurance worth it should be a question that every new gun owner asks. Learning how to defend yourself properly with a handgun is extremely important to understand. We should take much time to learn it. However, it is equally important, if not more important, to understand how to legally defend yourself should the time ever come. Contrary to popular belief, there are only certain situations and scenarios that allow you to use lethal force when defending yourself. So you should take the time to study that. However, it doesn't stop there. It is extremely important for new gun owners to understand what happens after you shoot someone in self-defense. As you study how to legally defend yourself after a shooting, you will come across many options for CCW insurance. There are many companies out there that provide insurance for reimbursement of legal fees should the unfortunate situation occur. But is CCW insurance worth it? I am of the opinion that every gun owner should have some sort of CCW insurance. In fact, I believe that it should be a requirement, just like it is a requirement in the United States, to have automobile insurance in order to operate an automobile. Since it isn't a requirement, I will share my reasons why I believe having CCW insurance is important and is definitely worth it. There are a lot of potential reasons to have legal representation as a gun owner. When considering is CCW insurance worth it, you will need to explore the potential reasons that you would need it. You don't only need CCW insurance in the case of defending yourself, although that is one of the most important reasons. Another reason to have CCW insurance is in case your handgun is stolen and used in a crime. In many states, you can be persecuted. It might be prosecuted there, but persecuted if your gun is stolen and used in a crime. 
This is unfair because it is almost out of your control. However, you will still need legal representation to dispute the fact in court. After using your handgun to defend yourself from an attacker or robber, you could still be sued by the offender or family members in civil court even if you are found guilty. You would think if you are found innocent in criminal court or if no charges are brought then you would be safe from being sued. However, this isn't the case. There have been many cases where the family of a robber sued a homeowner for killing or causing bodily harm to their family members and have won. Finally, negligent discharge is another unexpected situation where you could be charged criminally and even in civil court. This may be another situation that is out of your hands. Accidents do happen, but you should always take precautions to prevent it. Nonetheless, it happens. And again, many gun owners have been found guilty of criminal charges that were brought against them, especially if a child is involved. Legal defense is expensive and having CCW insurance can help. If you have ever been to court for anything, then you know how expensive the legal system really is. There are fees for everyone, including the courts and even your own lawyer. One simple task, like faxing a paper, could cost hundreds of dollars. Most ball bail amounts for shooting can be set at $100,000 or more. Attorney retainer fees for criminal defense can be upwards of $50,000. The list goes on. Unfortunately, many of us don't have thousands of dollars on the side for emergencies like legal fees. Most Americans don't even have enough emergency food and water set aside. Only 30% of Americans have three months' worth of expenses set to the side for emergency. Many CCW insurance companies will either pay legal fees as they come or reimburse you. However, you have to read the fine print because some will only reimburse you only if and when you are acquitted of charges. This is why I like USCCA because they changed their stance on this. They now pay legal fees as they come along. Of course, there is a cap depending on which package you are paying for. The legal system is messy and you need someone to handle it for you. Immediately after a situation happens, you are put under a spotlight by detectives and the legal system. After shooting someone, you need to take the appropriate steps and say the right words so that they are not held against you in the court of law. This is why it is important to have legal representation available immediately after such a situation occurs. You won't have much time to find the right legal representation that can defend you appropriately. The legal process happens quickly. The great thing about having CCW insurance is that most companies will be, available, be able to provide you with immediate representation in such a situation. It is hard to find legal representation with self-defense law experience. Trying to recover from a traumatic experience such as shooting someone and trying to navigate the criminal court system can be extremely stressful. You don't really want to be spending all of your time trying to find legal representation. It is even more stressful trying to find legal representation who is experienced with self-defense law. This is why you need to have CCW insurance that will take care of this for you. Networks like USCCA have an extensive network of attorneys who are experienced with self-defense law. This can be either, I'm sorry, they can either assign one to you, to your case, or on your behalf, or you can choose one for yourself from their network. CCW insurance will give you peace of mind. When considering is CCW insurance worth, worth it, you will need to weigh the stress of navigating the legal system versus the worth of having peace of mind. Shooting someone out of self-defense can provoke many emotions, including anger and guilt. The situation will continue to run through your mind. You may constantly ask yourself if what you did was right. Other insurances don't cover everything. There are many gun owners who refuse to get CCW insurance because they believe that their homeowner's insurance will protect them. 
However, homeowners insurance policies will not cover intentional acts against another person. Furthermore, these policies will only reimburse you once you have been acquitted of the charges. In the meantime, you will be forced to pay out of pocket. So, is CCW insurance worth it? In my opinion, it is definitely worth it. However, you need to find the right provider that will cover you according to your needs. This is why I am a member of USCCA, United States Concealed Carry Association. You can read the USCCA review that I wrote previously that explains everything that they provide. Not only do they cover you legally, but also provide free education and training. Finally, they do provide monthly contests to win some firearms, which is always a plus for a gun nut like me. Altogether, these are my suggestions on why you need to have CCW insurance. If you have any feedback or suggestions, then please leave them below. Your feedback helps the community prepare the smart way now so that we can thrive later when SHTF. Good article there and something to definitely consider. Uh, there's a lot of people, I know there's a big push for concealed carry and so something to something to think about because you can be sued, you can go to court. There are some, you know, there are some situations like you see and you'll see them on YouTube or Facebook uh, videos or whatever where someone defends themselves and the police come and they're like, hey, you did everything right, you did good, you're good to go. They still need to go through the route that they need to go through, right? But then there's other places, and I know that here in Houston that has happened where uh, the cops come, the police officers come and like, hey, you did everything right, or, you know, we're, you're good to go. They still go through the process of getting cleared and everything. Um, and even in some cases, they'll take your pistol and so, and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. There's, there's a lot to it. But then there's other states and other cities where you do defend yourself. And man, yeah, you are like guilty until you can prove yourself innocent. And so in situations like that, in, in all situations, I think it's worth it to have insurance. When you think about the amount of money that it is versus what it would be. I mean, all insurance is like that. We get auto insurance. I mean, you have to have auto insurance, but uh, you get auto insurance because if there's an accident, someone hits you and they don't have insurance, then you can go ahead and repair your vehicle. You have medical insurance. You hope you don't have to use it, but if you do, it's there. saves you a lot of money. You have homeowner's insurance. You hope you never have to use it, but if you do, it's there, and so you don't go broke. And so that's another reason why to look into this. He's got a He's got some links here that you're going to want to go check out. So like uh, when he talks about what happens after you shoot someone in self-defense, he has a link that uh, you, you'll want to go check out. And uh, you, also he links to his review of USCCA and then also links to USCCA as well. I did go check that out and thought it was you know, you know interesting. I am going to check them out a little bit more carefully and, and look into it maybe look at some other associations or other insurances and see what's out there and what's available for you know someone maybe maybe there's something just specifically for texas i don't know i'm going to look into that well that's it for episode 53 a lot of good stuff here uh go check out the well-prepared mama and go check out organic prepper and all the stuff you know all the the links there i'm going to have the on episode uh show notes for episode 53 and then uh, definitely smart prepper gear you're going to go want to want to go check those out hey if you get a chance come by the website and uh, the prepper website podcast.com and share out our episode we really appreciate that we make it really easy for you we have all the the icons of all the social media on the left side of the page you can go to uh you can share out the website in general or you can go to a specific episode and share that episode out and get it out there on twitter 
Pinterest. Um, you can go to Facebook and do that and all that good stuff. And then also, if you get a chance, drop me a line in one of the comment sections. I always love hearing from people. Or you can hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. I love connecting with you on social media as well. All right, so um, again, that's it for today. If you are looking for more preparedness information, come on over to PrepperWebsite.com. We post somewhere between 8 to 12 articles, sometimes even more, every single day, uh, actually in the evening, and uh, a lot of good stuff there for your preparedness needs. All right, so choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government, the grid, or the grind. Until next time, stay prepped and aware. Peace.